Welcome to Beyond the Field Podcast, your weekly dose of finance, property, and epic people doing epic things powered by the team at Money Empire. Get informed and entertained with the coolest cats in the business. My name's Kay Malstrom. I'm Goran Lonka. And I'm Ethan Asiwa. And BTF is back, baby. We're going to talk about the Triple CFA Act, which has been a legislation that was brought in off the top of my head December 2021. That was meant to take the responsibility away from the borrower, put it on the lender, but also allow the um, the borrower to be more informed around the agreements that they're signing up for. And there has been so much media speculation on this. Goran, what's your overview on this at the moment? We knew about the change pre-December. A banks gave us all a warning around October in terms of advisors. Do you work for the government? Yeah, no, I don't, but I am informed. Thank you very much. But in, in saying that, even pre, there was a lot of banks that started to implement it early through 2021, correct? Yeah, correct. There, there were a few changes, but in effect, it didn't actually come into play until December. That's that's when it started heading off. So what was the reasoning, is that the government has actually brought this into play? Because has there been any real issues well, I think there's there's extra requirements that the lenders can actually verify the borrower's spending. Um, you know, gone are the days where you could say, hey, yep, I'll sort all my finances out and I'll stick to a budget when I buy a house. Um, it's sort of almost removed that and removed it from the lenders to say, prove to me, prove to us as in the banks that you as a borrower can be sensible with your money, have good account conduct, and can pay everything on time, hence another layer. But what were they doing beforehand? Wasn't it their job to do this before the change? I'm actually going to strip this back, boys. Strip it. And I believe this was actually brought into play, not from a home lending point of view, but for payday loans. And loan sharks. And loan sharks. Vehicle finance, personal loans. Yes, where... We were seeing interest rates of like 200% annually, but broken down to monthly, and there were hidden fees in these. There was no understanding whether a client or a consumer could borrow the money. TVs on HPs, cars on finance, all you this kind it. of stuff, you name it, with literally a piece of paper and signing over. Why did it infiltrate into the actual mortgage space where it possibly wasn't needed? Banks are lenders. It falls under that. They need to be responsible. Who scared them? Who scared the banks? Um, I would say the government. Lisa, you're going quiet here, mate. The government. <laughs> I think something needed to be corrected. Um, you know, it's not as if they, the government just decided to implement this off a whim. Um, there's probably a lot of thought or calculated thought, which they thought was the right move to, to happen. Um you know, but big banks are big lenders at the end of the day, and often big banks are usually the biggest to be in the news, as we've seen in years uh, gone by across, you know, the Westpac and the 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 things that go on behind the scenes from the big lenders. So I I heard an interview with, and I could be wrong here, but with with the head of the banking association coming out and saying that because. The government had placed it back on the bank saying, hey, look, you know, this is their doing. This is what they're implementing. And the bank, the head of the banking association came out and said, no, we've been told we have to do this. They have to follow the rules. So there's almost like a clash of titans coming together and actually not getting the desired end outcome from what's going on. So if you've got 
major players like banks, which are billion-dollar enterprises, going against the government, which is taking control of the Reserve Bank and, and trying to, um, I suppose, change policies inside this, where are we actually going to find a meeting ground where it's going to work for everybody? Let me ask you this. Was it used to um, slow down the house prices going up? So there's a political play here. Yeah. I, I don't know the full detail of that. My short answer is no, but it's actually infiltrated into being a yes. All of this stemmed off uh, in the last two, three, four, five years about people going actual into the rut from being lent money by people um, or institutions that shouldn't have lent to those people in the first place, which ended up going to the ombudsman, going to a court case and so on and so on, ended up in the media, which caused a lot of attention. So they had to do something, although even the banks are bound by this, <clears throat> there has been a bit of a slow in terms of lending applications being approved, the way that they looked at, how long it takes, they're looking at everything with a magnifying glass, um, and hence every single day over the holidays, if you remember, we saw a story about a person being declined a loan from the bank due to how much money they spent on a dog or the, the, the gym costs, but I can tell you wholeheartedly, a lot more goes into this application and decline from the banks than just those sole reasons. I mean, it's definitely clickbait, right? Yeah, What's totally. What's going yeah. on where you've got Netflix created, or I think I saw one where coming up to Christmas was two months' worth of spending at Kmart for yeah. Christmas, and they took that monthly expense and annualised it, saying that's, in, that's what they spend annually, but it's a period of, I suppose, spend, because it's only a Christmas present that's coming. So there's a heap of that going on. But, I mean... With this in play, if let's say hypothetically this was continued to to continue the way it is, who loses out in all this? Oh, clients, the borrower, first-time buyers—they're getting hit the hardest. And what has this government tried to do all along? Or, Help or first-time buyers. And what has this government consistently done? Made it harder. Made it harder. I said it right here. It's it's made the whole situation harder in big capital letters for first-home buyers to get into the market every change they've made along the way they've tinkered with loan to value ratios dti's which is a whole that whole high lvr thing is just another yep ball Ta lake. tax legislations and i'm telling you i physically know people if we talk about auckland city that own rental properties in auckland right now that when the tenants term had finished they the, the um landlord did not um, renew them mm -hmm. and these these Good properties that would be good family homes rent are sitting vacant mm -hmm. because the tax implications for these wealthier people, they don't need the money. They're like, well, it's too hard to have a tenant now. I'm just going to keep my, I'm just going to land bank and let it stay vacant. So what's what's all this doing? It's creating more housing pressure, We've got a, a, a shortage of rentals. And then we still have the supply issue. We're moving to a perfect storm where materials on buildings and wages are going up, inflation. You can't get materials in time to build quick enough. What does it do? It's it's extremely frustrating. Extremely frustrating. Is that the answer you have for me? No, well, I'm just saying, I'm just speaking my mind, because, uh, again, I haven't crossed a lot of pushback from the banks as what people are reading out there. I'm guessing these people who are getting, getting declined by the banks, they're either going to the bank direct and doing an application over the phone or at the bank or using a half-assed mortgage broker. If, I'm being, blunt, opinion, if I'm being blunt. Because you guys are on the on the shop floor and you're seeing clients consistently. Are you getting pushback from lenders around this type of I, stuff? I've only had a bit of pushback around expenses once. Once. From... 
I think there's, we see, we're seeing sort of a consistency, though, of what needs to be supplied um, up front. Not saying that it wasn't supplied previously, um, previous to, to all of this, but there's a far more fine-tooth comb around their spending or expenses. And I guess that's probably the main difference that we're seeing. If you can justify it and if there is solid reasoning around the expenses or what it looks like, or we push back to the banks with the real numbers, we're still getting things across the line. They're just possibly the questions that wouldn't have been asked six yep. months ago. So the word that keeps coming up that you guys keep saying is expenses. Expenses. This is what people are, are lucking out on borrowing credit for. Mm-hmm. Explain to the average um, listener what you actually mean by this. Just l- basically last three or last six months transactions of their bank statements. What they're doing with their money. Where are they spending it? How often they're spending it? Yes, we know around Christmas everyone likes to spend more, but we're talking about transactional history. And, and whether or not a bank will say yes to a approved loan based on what they see or not. So what are some really um, negative transactions that banks don't like to see consistently? Oh, it's, the usual, it's not even consistently anymore. It's the me. usual stuff that we always talk about. Uh, your discretionary spending, pretty much. If you're buying $500 a week on food when you should be buying 250 again, they're not going to judge, but it's the, it's the little bits that clients can fix themselves that they shouldn't be spending on anyway. Okay, so what if I'm a first home buyer? I'm saving money, but I don't have a home yet, so I'm still saving money. I'm getting my deposit ready, but I still have a lifestyle where I haven't taken on debt, mm-hmm. so I'm still I'm not frugal in, in what I spend, so I still have a bit of discretionary spending. I go out with my mates. I have you know, boozy lunches, whatever. What happens to that person where they actually haven't taken on debt yet and we know that when they do take on debt, they'll tighten their lifestyle up mm-hmm. to get the home. How can you justify that? Well, I'm not going to say the one thing that's been going around social media is, and, and that's pull cash out so the bank can't see where you're spending it. You'll have to tighten your spending. Prove a little bit to the bank that you can actually be responsible with your money working up to when you get a loan approved that you can actually physically change. Because, again, it's up to, again, the advisor. There's so much we can mitigate in terms of a person's expenses. expenses. But for a first-time buyer, it's a little bit different, I feel. Yeah, it's it's a real catch-22. Everyone space. spends money. Everyone's got to spend money. Where does this end then? Yeah. Because, let's be honest, the banks will want to loan money out because that's their biggest margin piece. But like I said... If people out there, if they're wondering what to do and if they qualify for a loan, they need to talk to an advisor. We do this day in, day out. We know how to position an application to the bank. We know what works, who to approach, when and why. So you're saying your role becomes a lot more vital in a cog than maybe 10 years ago. Absolutely. Totally. People out there, if you're listening and you're thinking about approaching your bank, don't. Just search for an advisor. Goran touched on ESA, uh, a good point. Just pulling out cash to spending, there's not, it's not traceable. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, look, you're withdrawing money. You know, it's it's the fact that there's money exiting your account. Um, you know, do you have to provide reasoning to the bank what you're doing that for? But if it's consistent, again, the banks know all of this probably would have happened. But like if you're looking at your overall monthly costs and you're just pulling out spending or pulling out cash and spending that on what you would have done it's still the same result at the end of each month um what you're spending it on yes may differ but you're still spending the same amount of money um how do banks look at that 
they'll ask questions. They, they will ask questions. They'll say, what's They're the going to ask for? questions no matter what, yeah. whether you're withdrawing cash or whether you're spending it elsewhere. You know, they're not going to have the wool pulled over their eyes and understanding that money is exiting the account. Um, you can't go a whole month without buying food. Do you um, know what's cool? Do you remember that little phrase that you had sellotaped on your desk a couple of years ago? Correct. It's still on my desk. Mate, the bank... Is that the one? <laughs> Eat McDonald's every day. <laughs> it, said the, it says the bank will always lend you money in the end. They just have to look like they're being responsible for doing so. That's they job. make you jump through hoops they will. to prove it. But, but you've just got to have good advice and good reasoning around do. what it looks like. Everyone in this room knows... You know, in terms of what we do and what we do for our clients, I can name you without going into details applications that we've had approved that were borderline. So going back to my if original, I can say that. going back to my original, yeah, going along, <laughs> going back to my original statement then around why the triple CFA was triple CFA Act was yeah was brought into play is I have not seen one media story article whatever you want to call it on a payday loan mm-hmm. or short-term consumer finance come to the party. And any payday lenders or short-term consumer finance people out there that want to come on, I'd love to hear from you because it seems like it literally has just attacked the property and mortgage market, yeah. which is, me personally, I think the opposite of what they want to do. Which the change to the act was made for anyway. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And now we have old mate from Labor, Coming in to run his fine tooth comb over to see whether it's working or not. And I believe he's trying to blame the banks. Is that right? Well, there's going to be a review. There is a review. There is. It's underway. It's underway. Yeah. I think it's underway. Underway. One more time. Underway. Underwear. Uh, Another clickbait. Non-bank mortgage lender says it won't nitpick over how many coffees you have. So then there was another. So then you throw it out there saying, what if someone was had embraced van life? Paying no rent. What if that van was a Tesla? Paying no petrol. What are the banks then gonna, you know, what are they? What are they spending their money on? You know, they're still going to do what they've always done, and service at a minimum level to still it's, affect it's, it's, it. It's crazy because now they're saying they're actually assessing loans. I'm talking about the banks on what clients actually spend and what it would cost and how much money would be left over if they were continue to spend as much if they had 700k mortgage. So what that's telling me is they weren't doing that beforehand. So what the what were they doing? So here's one for you. If I go gift you fifty grand, Goran, yeah, for just being a GC, I don't mind. Does that mean? And I do that in one month. Does that mean I have to times it by twelve to get my annual? No, definitely not. But that's the same as going definitely to spend a, bl- a blowing at Christmas correct, time on. Correct. And I've got one more for you. I've just read on one of the chat groups for, from a dear friend of mine. He's got it in writing from a bank that if you have a mortgage and you're putting away, say, 500 bucks a month from your account into a savings account, that's an expense. So that is counted as an expense as opposed to if you no. just left, as if you left the money there. You're kidding me. So they, they're now claiming saving money is an expense. Yep. yep. Eastern, I see what excellence the player please chip in here. <laughs> it's mind-boggling. I'm scared. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, there'll, there'll be, think of think of triple CFA then. Think about five years ago. Think about 10 years ago. There was always something. There will always be something. Mm. Um, credit, we know for a fact that credit criteria, which simplifying that, all the banks have a certain criteria that they buy by. That changes all the time. 
we know that banks like to make money at the end of the day banks are big they've been around forever but at the end of the day that will change it changes every it changed every other month towards the end of last year but whether the lvrs change whether triple cfa is enforced even more if it is relinquished and 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 it lightens off there'll always be more changes so i don't think we're ever gonna there is no going back to normal because the normal was consistently changing anyway so i think it's about being smart enough to stay up to the play with what is all going on but there will be changes guaranteed whatever that looks like you've just got to be wary to stay ahead of them be honest have you had a loan app decline due to triple cfa rules changing or based on a client's expenses that you've got back from the loan assessor um, not declined, but a huge reduction yeah. in what their last pre-approval was. Um, for instance, had a pre-approval for a high-powered a guy with a high-powered job before um, the change. Before the change for yep. X amount, um, he's had a pay increase since then. No change to his living style. He's gone for another pre-approval, and it's a couple of hundred thousand dollars less. So nothing else has changed in that situation other than his lending has decreased since this new triple CFA has come into it. Might be time and to get another broker. Can I ask? <laughs> can I ask when this decline comes through? Is it a big stamp saying triple CFA on it? No, it won't be. I haven't had one yet. Touch wood. Do stamps still exist? No, they don't. No, oh, okay. No. Maybe an e-signature then. <laughs> <laughs> um. So then, if. And I'm categorising first time buyer, but if it's a first time buyer, an investor, uh, a wealthy person looking to upgrade, you talk about ESA changes, and there's been yes, evolutionises. We've had LVR changes, but we've had people making 400 grand in 18 months, so it defeats like an LVR change, right? You can't change your income, but there's um, added things you can do. I know, Goran, you've talked about um, borders to put on, um, scaling a rental income, using bonuses, different banks take on different things. But if you're a client now looking to obtain credit, no matter whether you're at the bottom or the top of an income pyramid, deposit pyramid, whatever it be, what are some of the things you need to start thinking of now to put yourself in good stead in six months' time if that's the time that you want to achieve something? I think of it the same way I would tell a person what to do with their account and spending if they didn't have 20%. Because if you don't have 20%, low deposit, the application is assessed differently. I would say be clever with your money, no dishonors, no overdrafts, pay your credit cards on time. Um, and just, again, if you're a first-term buyer, saving is not an expense, just so we're clear. Would you go as far as looking at KiwiSaver, look what you're contributing in terms of um, the percentage? Would you say look at ins- reviewing your insurance? Are you overpaying? Is it correct? All that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Saving money you talked about? Would you scrap saving money then because it's an expense? No, for first-time buyers, that wouldn't be coming But I'm expense. talking about if we generalise. Oh, generalising then, well, yeah. So what do you do with your money well, if you're not right. saving it? I know, it's Spend hard. It. Well, leave it in there. Give it to Ace. <laughs> New Land Cruiser. But yeah, you're right. If you increase your KiwiSaver contributions, that would obviously be a good step because that shows you that, you know. That's you, if you're a first-time buyer, but it's going to be detriment yeah. if you've already owned a home, right? Correct. Is that, is that right? Yeah, spot on. I'm so then how do you get, this is where you're it's, forcing it's, you're people You're going around not, in a circle. I know, but you're forcing people not to save money and be good with money. Yeah. So you're saying on one hand, don't spend, <laughs> and then on the other hand, don't, don't save. save. <laughs> so what does someone even do? Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to fathom. The sea where he's getting wound up, he's got he red is, eyes here, he mate. Is he either tired or he's yeah. furious? He's stomping his cane. <laughs> You, at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, n- no matter what, if you're a first home buyer, if you're a seasoned investor, 
you a good piece of is be smart and that's a very big generalization but you've got to be smart and going well how do i want to achieve something and when do i want to do that is the timing now or is it in six months all of that is about being proactive all of that is understanding how your account conduct looks what that looks like um but at the end of the day you've got to set a goal and you've got to try and strive towards it um whether that's a first-time buyer or a seasoned investor, whatever that looks like, there will be changes. Whether it fits criteria right now or whether it fits it next month when there's a change or whether it's not six months down the time, down the line. We always say be prepared, be proactive because that's all you can control at the end of the day. You can't control the changes. Is there anything you want to add to um, Issa's roundup? No, just like I said before, and it really annoys me that there's so much of this talk in the media about people getting declined loans which is not what we're about at all. Talk to an advisor, and like I said before, again, we know the ins and outs. We know what to do. We know the appetite. We know who to approach, where, why, and how. Um, If you are loyal to your bank of 20 years and you think they're going to give you a loan, loyalty's gone out the window 10 years ago for clients that are in the mindset of doing that. 20. Straight up. I fully agree. I'm going to round this out. Do it. Mm-hmm. <coughs> mm-hmm. Drum Wait roll. Drum roll. Give us a drum roll. Look, what I will say is that over the last two years, um, the government has wanted the housing market to cool off. They've done everything in their power to try and make it happen. Debt-to-income ratios, loan-to-value ratios, restrictions on borrowing. We've brought in the Triple CFA Act. Um, they have taken over the Reserve Bank to dictate policies. Nothing has worked. If we look at generalisation... Supply and demand are the big two issues. We're coming to a period where supply will not meet what we need because of back orders and price inflation and costing, right? Let the market correct itself. Let it do its thing and we'll come out. I was given a quote by a person I bumped into that uh, has companies in Sweden and Germany. And he said to me, Kane, $3 million in Auckland people, cl- uh, people complain about. In Europe, $3 million will get you nothing. Auckland's becoming a super city. Get used to the prices. We're just catching up with the rest of the world. Yes, our incomes might not be there, but they need to start to increase over time. So let things pan out the way they're meant to. Stop tinkering and let people buy property. Thanks for listening to Beyond the Field. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with your mates or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, you can follow us on Instagram at Beyond the Field Podcast or send us an email at info at beyondthefield.co.nz. Thanks again and we'll see you all next time.